0: If someone stole your pencil, are you telling? If someone was being bullied or harassed, are you telling? If someone called you a name, are you telling? If someone was planning on causing harm to themselves or others, are you telling? If someone made fun of your mom, are you telling? If someone made you or others feel uncomfortable, are you telling? With these examples in mind and based on your answers, are you a snitch? Hey everyone, welcome back to the No Questions Asked podcast. I'm your host, Sharyn, and in today's episode, we are asking the question, are you a snitch? Now, before we get started, just a couple of reminders. No, I am not a therapist, I'm not a life coach, and I do not know everything because I have not experienced everything. Everything I say is based on my thoughts and or opinions, unless I take the information given. This is a place to get advice about certain things, for opinions to be shared, and obviously for questions to be asked. So without further ado, let's get right into today's episode. what's up guys welcome back to another week i know i took last week off and i apologize for that but my semester started i was moving back in on the day i was supposed to record and i was just like you know what i'm not even gonna try to stress myself out or you know rush an episode and have it come out bad so i decided to take the whole week off but You know what? I'm kind of glad I did because literally last Monday, I came up with an idea. And if you haven't been on Instagram lately, I announced it numerous times on the Instagram and on the Facebook, which I have up. I did shout that out already, so you can follow me on there too. But anyway, I am having a Black History Month special coming out next month. It's called the No Questions Asked, Ask the Culture. It's going to be really great. I already have a couple of interviews lined up um, they all agreed to do it, and I'm so excited, I can't wait for you all to listen to it. so keep that in mind, you guys are more than welcome to participate, um, if you go on the Instagram, I put up links today, well, I'll put them up again, (laughs) because it's Sunday, Um, it's Sunday, but, (laughs) but I'll put them up again on the Instagram for you guys to check out, and for you to click the links to see what you guys can do to participate, but I'm so excited, that's my announcement for today, um, yeah (laughs) i'm I'm smiling from ear to ear right now i would like that idea hit me so fast and i was just like oh my god i have so many ideas i want to write down and it's just look it's going to be great i'm really i really have high hopes for and also it's going to open the door for you know more things for this podcast prayerfully trust me i've been praying all week i've been asking god i'm like please 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 please, let this be good so hopefully that happens. that's my announcement for today and we're going to get right into today's episode So I know that this topic may sound like something for elementary students, but you would be surprised with how many high school and college students act like they are still six years old. I'm being sarcastic about being surprised because let's be real, Gen Z is a very unique generation. But that may be a future episode to talk about, who knows. But anyway, I think it's important to talk about this subject because one, I have experienced something where my reporting was thought of as snitching, and two, with all the different tragic events that could be prevented, it's important that we understand the difference between reporting and snitching. Now I know I may have touched on my incident with my roommate during freshman year. But today you guys are going to get the full story because it does have to relate to what I experienced with, uh you know, reporting versus snitching. So last summer, well not last summer, but the summer of 2021, I was getting in contact with my roommate who was randomly chosen. We were texting and, you know, she was nice. I wouldn't say she was the best texter because there would be some days where it's like I would text her on a Wednesday and I wouldn't get no response till like the following Friday. So... You know, she had things going on, which is reasonable, but still, you know, we were still able to communicate. I, To be honest, I was low-key jealous of those who actually had consistent communication with their roommates because, in my case, I honestly should have saw it as a yellow flag, but I didn't know. She was still nice, though. So, I got to campus first before her because I was part of a pre-orientation camp. Orientation started Friday. I moved in probably that, let's say, Tuesday or Wednesday, if I recall correctly. So I was there first, and then she moved in Friday. And literally, as soon as she comes to the room, we both say hi, and she hugs me. Like she, she, she initiates the hug, and I'm kind of taken aback. I'm just like, oh, okay, we're we're like that. Cool, no biggie. So throughout the ent- entire weekend, um, we did some things together, but eventually she, she found her own group of people to hang out with. So we didn't hang out as much as I would have hoped. Or, you know, to have the opportunity to, opportunity to gel. You know what I'm saying? So, we... So, after orientation weekend, semester starts. And she continues hanging out with that group of people that she met. And I hang out with my friends that I previously made during pre-orientation weekend. So, we, we're we still pretty cool at this point. It's probably, like, late August, early September-ish, I want to say. So, we're, pretty, we're still pretty cool. You know, occasionally say hi. But the tension in the room... Now I want to say tension, but the atmosphere in the room was quite dry. Like we, we did not talk to each other at all. Like if we came into the room, it'd be more like, "Hey," and that's it. Like nothing else. So that that kind of, I wouldn't say set off any alarms, but it was just like, okay, this is this isn't what I was hoping for. You know, going into freshman year of college, I'm already nervous. So I would hope that like my roommate could potentially become a friend, and that wasn't the case. But I mean, you know life is life so eventually as she gets closer with her friends her friends start coming over into our room right and her friends are all black my roommate's black and her her friends are all black and if you guys don't know already i'm black nothing new there but (laughs) but um so they're they're like what they're what i like to call well Everybody calls this, but they're hood, basically. And it's not to say that I have an issue with hood people. They're just not the crowd that I typically associate myself with because most of the times, and based on experience, they do things that I don't want to be associated with. And it's just like, yeah, I wouldn't partake in that. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do all that type of stuff. I don't typically enjoy trap music, which is what most of them like to listen to. Again, I'm not trying to stereotype them, but that's just like what i'm used to i did go to a predominantly black school and that school was mostly hood it was ghetto so yeah i know what i'm talking about here but anyway so they every time they come over to the room they're loud they um they blast their music and it's just like not an environment that i wanted to be in so there was one there was one incident though i i mostly had early classes my freshman semester well that that semester at least freshman year i had early classes a lot but there was one case where There was one case where, um, I was going to bed and like my, my side of the room lights are off. I'm going to show you guys a diagram of the room so you guys can understand how this all worked out, but the room is kind of in a Z shape. So you can see the picture on Instagram, but anyway, um, I'm in the front, the front part of the room. My roommate lives in the back part of the room. So my side is already like my lights are off. I'm already in bed and her friends are still in there. And it's not just her and her friends. It's also a public safety officer. And public safety is like, you know, the security guards of the campus. He's in his 20s, right? And he's in the room. And I'm already like, what the heck is going on here? And they're just over there talking like they're all best friends and stuff. So it gets to the point where it's approaching 12 o'clock and I have an 8 a.m. And I'm just like, look, I got to go to bed. So I get up. I get out of my bed. I go over to their side and I'm just like, hey, And I asked them politely, I'm like, hey, do you guys mind leaving the room so I could, you know, go to sleep? And some of them were like, yeah, sure, no biggie. And then others and them, like, and my roommate were like, yeah, I guess, whatever, okay. So they all leave, and I go to bed. And I think, like, this is where things began to take a turn. So the next day, I tell my RA about it. And, um, and if you don't know what an RA is, it's a resident assistant, but, um, I tell my RA about it, and she's like, yeah, a, a public safety officer is not supposed to be in your room unless uh, they're going through stuff, and in this case, he wasn't. He wasn't doing a room search. So I guess so I guess he got fired, and this is when her friends start calling me names, saying my name incorrectly, because, like, you know, my name is Sharon, but at first look, many people say Sharon, and I've had to deal with this since I was a kid, so it's nothing new to me on correcting my name, but for you to use it as an insult, it doesn't affect me at all, because, again doing this since I was born, you're not really doing anything, if anything, you're acting like a child, so they start calling me names, saying things behind my back, laughing at me when I walk by, all that type of stuff, so there was, there was another incident where um, my roommate quote-unquote left, and I say quote-unquote for this reason, well, I'm going to tell you in a bit, but she leaves the room, right, and her friends come in like a couple of minutes later and just like, oh, where is she? And I'm like, uh, she's not here, so she'll be back, blah, 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 blah. So I'm doing my homework and my mom's on, and I am FaceTiming my mom too, so like they can't see my phone, but my mom basically hears what's going on. So they go on her side of the room, start talking loudly, blasting music, they blast that one song, I don't F with you, you little stupid AB, I ain't Fing with you, and It was directed towards me. Like, they're basically using the song to call me out. They have the windows open, just blasting it, yelling out the windows at people that walk by. And it's just like being all hood and stuff. Eventually, one of the girls is like, oh, she said that she's doing this. So they leave the room, right? And my mom was livid. Like, she was so close to grabbing her keys and coming up to Pennsylvania. I'm from Maryland, right? So I'm like three hours away from home. My mom was pissed. And she told my dad about it, of course. And it was just like a whole thing. And it was just like, look, I, I was upset. I wanted to cry, but I was not going to give them that satisfaction. And eventually my roommate came back in from the shower. And to this day, I think that she called them in there to do that. So fast forward like a week or so. I get the news that my great grandmother um, passed away. So I have to go to the funeral down in North Carolina. So that means I have to leave to um you know go home to maryland so i go to north carolina but before i do all that i go to the housing department and i tell them everything that's been going on because it's like at this rate i can't take it anymore right like she's she's just being an awful roommate at this rate and i tell them it's like i think she should move out and i know what you guys may be thinking why should she be the one to move out when you want the issue well i told the housing department i was like look. I think it would be wrong to reward bad behavior by giving her a room to herself, so that's why I think she should move out. They actually agreed with me. I mean, I pleaded my case more, but that was like my my basis of the case. So, um, they said she has to at the end of the weekend to move her stuff out. Cool, right? So th- and this is the weekend where I have to go down North Carolina for my great grandmother's funeral. So before I leave, I'm in class, right? Now. I'm gonna leave after class. She texts, she texts me in class saying like, "You need to start reporting to me like a child, on-, on me like a child. This is my room too. I paid for it. If you have an issue, you can move out, grow up." And I'm just like, "Okay." Like that was literally my response. I'm not gonna feed into childish behavior. So I go back to the room. She's in there, right? She doesn't say nothing to me at all. I grab my stuff and I leave. And before before I leave, I make sure to give my key to um my my friends, cause I'm not sure if while I'm gone, her and her, her and my roommate's friends would uh like trash the, trash my side of the room or anything. I don't know what these girls are capable of, so I'm just covering on my basis. I'm being I'm taking precaution. So I go down to the funeral. Um, I come back up probably like Saturday, right? And her stuff is in the room, and I'm just like, what the heck? Like, like nothing is packed up, like she's not there at all, so I'm thinking she's out or something like that, so I go with my friends, um, spend a day with them, come back to the room later that night, she's still not back, and I'm just like, okay, so the next day, it's Sunday, right, I go back out, with my I hang out with my friends again, and we're out in our quad, our quad is like our open space, like our outside area, where you can just like sit around, do activities, stuff like that, so my friend's I'm Hanging out with my friends, and two of my roommate's friends approach me and are just like, Hey, can we talk to you? And I was like, Sure, Mindy, this is the time to say my name right. This whole entire time, they're like, Hey, Sharon, Th- this time it comes to me like, Hey, Sharon, can we talk to you? Oh, look who wants to be mature now? Okay, so I'm like, Yeah, sure, whatever. They pull me off to the side and they just start complaining about how um I'm kicking her out of the room and that if I'm the one with the issue, I should be the one to leave. This is totally unfair, you need to do something about this. And I'm just like, First of all, I did what I had to do. I tried to reasoning with her. She didn't want to listen. Y'all did all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, nothing can be done about it now. They said she has to be out by the end of the weekend. So who cares? And she was like, well, she's at home right now, so she can't, but like, that's totally unfair. And, and like just start reiterating what they said before. And it's just like, and I'm just like, wait a second. Why does this concern you anyway? And they were like, because she's our friend. And what is that supposed to mean? What value does that carry exactly? And I'm just like, well, what's done is, is done. And they just start going off, like start cursing me out, start saying things to my face, saying that this is effed up. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, you were trying to have a conversation with me and all of a sudden you're cursing me out in the middle of the quad where people can hear. And it's just like, look, I don't like confrontation. But in that in that instance, it's like, I'm not going to engage with childish behavior by cursing back at you. I'm not going to play into the negative stereotype of a black woman, of an angry black woman in the middle of a public, of, in, a, in the middle of a public area. I'm not doing that. And when I say I've never been close to a fight before in my life, like I genuinely felt like they were going to hit me. And I've never been in a fight before. Again, I'm not confrontational. I avoid it at all costs. But in that instant, it was like I, <laughs> I was so prepared for them to hit me. And I was just ready to like really unleash all that anger, but they didn't. They eventually stormed off. And after that, I just didn't feel safe because, mind you, all of them live in the, live in the same building as me. So, um, my friends saw everything that happened. And one of my friends has a friend in the housing department. So she told them about it. And they're like, well, we can move you to like a private room until she moves out. So I stayed in that private room for like two days and eventually she moved out. Mind you, guys this is all taking place in september it's barely been a full two months of school yet and already i'm dealing with all this so by the end of september beginning of october you know i'm dealing with like the aftermath of this situation now so you know they still say stuff behind my back At, at this rate we had like a we had a no contact order it's like our school's version of a restraining order put in place but it was just it was just a really rough time for me um Eventually, I got a better roommate in the spring, and she was really cool. I really liked her. We became friends, so it was it was much better. But during that whole first two two months of of my first time in college, it was just it was just awful. And I know this story was rather long, but this is my reporting example, and some may see it as a snitching incident. I'm going to tell you why it was a snitching. It would have been snitching if I didn't try to solve the problem myself. First, she was my roommate and I would have had to tolerate her the entire year if things were going to, you know, if, if things were going to work with her. I talked to her about it several times, she didn't listen. Things started to get worse, which meant I had to go up the chain of command. It continued to, you know, worsen. So I had to take it to the next level and that's what I did. To me, in cases where you try to solve problems yourself first, That's not snitching. It's called being a mature adult. Because let's be real, in the real world, you may have to work things out yourself before getting an authoritative figure involved. And in the next part of this episode, we're going to get into the facts and more of my personal thoughts. Alright guys, so it is now time for the raise your hand moment. I'm gonna take a break from <laughs> recalling my my freshman year trauma. I guess you could say Dr- drama, rather not not trauma, drama. But anyway, so my raise my hand moment. I have two raise your hand moments because I missed last week. So my first raise my hand moment um, goes to the MLK statue in Boston. You know the two arms, and it's called the Embrace first of all i love the idea i love what you're trying to represent but i'm gonna have to side with social media on this it does look inappropriate like there were a couple of angles i looked at i was just like that don't look right like that looks so wrong to me i mean somebody said that the artist like that's his style he doesn't know me like you know draw things or create things that are just like oh it's so easy to look at no his stuff is his stuffs. his pieces are more intricate so i get it but it's just like you could have at least included the heads or something you know make it a bit make it make it look better i guess that (laughs) i don't know i i love the idea but again it just wasn't executed right my second raise your hand moment though goes to jenny and georgia first of all i finished second season last week it was a great season but I'm going to have to go to, like, episode, I think it's episode 8, when Jenny and, and this is a spoiler, so if you didn't watch it yet, don't listen to this part. But in episode 8, Jenny and, um, what's his name? Not Max. What's his name? Marcus. <laughs> Jenny and Marcus break up in the, in the school's hallway. And when Jenny ran, like, that whole thing, I was cringing. Her reaction was so irritating like oh my god so you want to talk about desperate and selfish and then when she ran off around the corner it was like please cut chase after i was like ew like oh my god thinking about it now makes my skin crawl but those are my raise my hand moments for today like (laughs) ah (laughs) just thinking about it, so cringy but yeah those were amazing those are my raise my hand moments for today Okay guys, so I know this episode is kinda long. Like if you're still listening, I really appreciate it. But we're gonna flip it a little bit today. So we're gonna do the both we're gonna do both the factual and my thoughts segment, the factual points and my thoughts segment in this last part of the episode. So let's get right into it. The article that I chose today, or I read today rather, is Are You a Snitch If You Report Safety Issues? Not if you do it right, and of course I'm gonna put the link in the description box along with the links to participate in my special for next month. So make sure you do, make sure you check both of those out. Anyway, so the article focuses on issues in the workforce, but this is the closest thing I could find to something for college students instead of kindergartners because like those were like the first results that came up. I was like, okay, most of my listeners are not in elementary school. We're all you know grown adults, so let's relate something to them. The article. But um, it starts off by giving an example about a troubling coworker and how you want to tell your superior about them without appearing as a snitch. They then go on to say, when considering whether to report a concern, you should ask yourself what would happen if you did nothing. If the answer is that nothing would manage much, then maybe it's an issue not worth addressing. However, if addressing the matter is in the best interest of you and the company, then you can do it without coming off as a snitch. Once you decide if you should tell a figure of authority, the article recommends that you keep these things in mind. Quick sidebar, I don't find articles with steps on purpose. It just happens to be this way. I literally just noticed that. Like I feel like every time I cite something, it's always steps. But that's besides the point. The first one, focus on the problem. If the issue doesn't have a ripple effect, then it's not that big of a deal. The example given in the article was a coworker not doing their job, which can affect the company. That's a reason to tell an authoritative figure, but when you do, focus on the problem, not the person. Do not trash talk them, but focus on how you can solve the issue yourself. Number two, creating a safe environment. I'm actually paraphrasing this in the steps afterwards just to make them relatable to college students. The article says that anything that could negatively affect the workplace should be reported. Same thing for students. You want to keep your classroom, dorms, and campus in general safe. So hopefully your RAs, your professors, or other leaders on campus see your reporting of an issue as an actual report instead of snitching. And lastly, keeping your authoritative, authoritative figures in the know. If you notice something abnormal or an issue on a day-to-day basis, inform someone so the issue can be resolved before becoming worse. So those were the steps that I was able to pull and change, you know. Um, I am now going to plug them into my roommate situation to see if I did the following steps. Starting with focusing on the problem. The problem just so happened to be the person, but I did talk to her about it and then my RA to see if anything could be done. She mentioned roommate agreements, which was something our entire hallway had to do, but that still didn't work. Roommate agreements is basically like, you know, the rules that you set for your room as far as like when is bedtime, can we buy each other's clothes, share food, all that type of stuff. Moving on to creating a safe environment. I was not comfortable in my room, which then evolved into me feeling unsafe. My attempts to create a safe space was by being friendly to her, you know, reminding her of a roommate agreement and other stuff. Again, that did not work. Lastly, keeping authoritative figures in the know. I definitely did this. My RA, my RA knew, other RAs knew, the housing department knew, the file cabinets knew, my parents knew, everyone who should have known knew what was going on so i was good and that helped me solve my issue because suddenly people were aware of not only just the main problem but also the details i made sure to leave a paper trail behind so if anything came back it was like no she reported that this is what happened so now moving on to my thoughts because the actual, the, the factual information wasn't in depth as I hoped it would be, like I've really tried to find as so much research on this, but I couldn't, I decided to give you my personal steps on how to deal with situations like this. Number one, ask yourself if your problem is a rippling problem. What I mean is analyze analyze your problem and see like if over time you become bigger and more problematic. Try not to overthink this. An example could be a group project. If it's a project where you, like, you all are getting the same grade based on your project and there's someone who doesn't do their part, then that's a ripple. For me, it would be because I like to get A's and occasionally B's if it's a hard class. But I'm not having someone bring my grade down because of their lack of effort. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like being a snitch, but it's like, hey, they did the project, they just didn't do such and such, so I mean can you really give them the same grade? Number two, try solving the issue yourself first. This is a mature step because it should be more of a discussion with the person who is causing an issue than an argument. If they are receptive, then the problem should be resolved. However, if you encounter someone who is not receptive, you move on to the next steps, which brings us to step number three, tell an authoritative figure. Now I'm looking at this, let's kind of mirror the factual points. I just changed them up a bit, <laughs> but Number three, inform them of what happened, what you did to try to resolve it, and what they could possibly do. This step is mostly informing them of the situation. If action takes place, then you did your part. If no action takes place, then move on to the final step. Go up the chain of command. In some cases, the police may be the only figure of authority, but that should be like in extreme cases, you know? In problems like mine, you have to go up. The you have to go up to the next person in charge until action takes place and the situation is resolved. Now, remember, these are my personal steps based on what I went through and how I think um, I should handle other situations that could be similar to this one. But going to more serious problems now, I I just want to warn you that I will be talking about gun violence in schools. So if that's triggering for you, I recommend you do not listen to this part of the podcast. I won't go too in depth, though, because I don't like talking about it since it is very depressing and horrific, but it's what we are facing as a generation right now. So I'm going to keep it short and just say this. If you see or hear anything violent, if you know about someone who wants to cause harm to someone else or anything along those lines, please report it. You are not snitching, but you're preventing a mass casualty from occurring. Me personally, if you joke about it, which is so insensitive and inappropriate in this day and age, I'm reporting you. I'm I'm taking things like that very seriously because the last thing I and I and I feel bad for those who who had to experience this, but I don't I don't want to be a number and I don't want to be someone who has to you know go through therapy or anything like that because of of a horrific incident. But there have been there have been stories about tragedies that have been avoided because responsible and courageous students have reported that person. Um, I can't really think of one right now, but no, wait, there was one case, I think. This was in Florida. I think this kid had like a journal where he was writing down people that he didn't like and like he wanted to kill them and somebody reported it and eventually he got arrested. That's what you're supposed to do, right? You prevent an and a a tragedy from happening by simply just speaking out on it. You're protecting and saving lives. This is, but this is not a joke, people. This is like real life, this is real life with real lives at stake. So to summarize all of this, if you feel like your safety or someone else's safety is in jeopardy, report it, period. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to move on to the take it or leave it segment and I only have three for you today. So I'm going to keep this brief so we can go ahead and get up out of here. <laughs> Number one, safety is not snitching. And, you know, I'm not going to keep it brief. I'm going to try to. But with this point in mind, I feel like the term snitch is so stupid. Like what I feel like, especially when you're out in the real world, if you still use the term snitch, it's just like, what is wrong with you? Like, what, what are we, Kids? Snitching is so stupid. Like to me, if I don't feel safe, it just don't feel right, and I feel like you're affecting me in some way, shape, or form, I'm going to tell on you. I'm, I'm going to report it. And when it comes down to safety, again, that's not snitching. That's me trying to save people, protect people, do my part as a civilian. Number two, analyze the problem, attempt to handle, inform authorities, chain of command. Those are the four steps that you should go through when it comes to reporting incidents so if somebody does think you're snitching you're not snitching you're actually doing your job as to to reporting why this is a problem and lastly snitches are immature reporting is mature this whole saying of snitches get stitches well you know what if i get stitches fine so be it but last thing look this is this is how i think about it the last thing i want i don't want is to have that on my conscience i don't want to worry about regretting what could have happened because. I didn't say nothing, you know? So snitches are immature, Reporter, reporting and reporters are mature. And let's see, guys, to finally cap this episode off is the question quote. No decisions should ever be made without asking the question, is this for the common good? And that was said by Michael Moore. Also, this is the perfect question quote for this episode, so well said. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I'm back. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I know it was kinda long, but you know, we gotta we gotta talk about these things or else no one else will, right? If you guys did enjoy today's episode and you wanna know what's coming up next for this podcast, like my special, you can follow me on Instagram at no questions pod and on Facebook. It's just my name, Sharin Smith, or just look up no questions asked, it should come up too. If you guys have any questions, suggestions, or constructive criticism, you are more than welcome to email me at noquestionsaskspot at gmail.com. And lastly, don't forget to ask in anyway. That is the motto for this podcast. No question is too big, no question is too small, and no question should prevent you from reporting something that could be beneficial for you and to those around you, alright? Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you all next week.